Oh, Lord, insofar as the words that I say are in accordance with your word. Bless them to our hearts and to our mind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now tonight, <laughs> I'm going to try to exercise what Pastor Sam Walton calls the doctrine of exclusion. <laughs> it's where you want to preach the whole Bible, um, but you can't. <laughs> so I've tried to condense three years since I had surgery three years ago into uh, notes for, uh, into about 25 minutes. My topic tonight is the nature of man. Now, I'm not going to tell you tonight that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Can you imagine when God was destroying the world with a flood, a smiley face on the ark saying God loves you? The same chapter of the Bible that gives us John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Also gives us another verse. Verse 36. He that believeth on the son shall have life. But he that believeth not on the son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides upon him. Now several of you know Pastor Al Martin and and have had the privilege of hearing him preach. I consider him to be one of the greatest preachers of our time. And I tell you right now, he'll be the first to say, don't say that about me. Tonight, I'm going to paraphrase a statement from his sermon entitled, The Faith That Damns. Now, his sermon was about faith that was not saving faith. But I'm going to be going in a little different direction. And here's that statement. Every man, woman, and child born to a woman except Jesus Christ is separated at birth from God and are by nature and by practice helplessly and hopelessly lost. Now I had two points originally. One, men are lost by nature. And two, Men are lost by practice. But they're so closely related that I just try to combine them into one subject. That all men, and that means you and that means me, if we are not savingly united with Jesus Christ, are lost. Now before I get into my main point, I want to try to explain what I mean and more importantly, what does the Bible mean? By the word lost. Jesus said in Luke 19 verse 10. The son of man has come to seek. And to save the lost. The dictionary says lost means. Unable to find one's way. Not knowing one's whereabouts. Now this perfectly describes the state of every man by nature. We have been separated from God and are unable to find our way back on our own. The truth is, I fear there are some here tonight 
who would rather just stay lost because you would rather keep your sinful ways. Have you ever been lost? I have on at least three occasions. Once while I was squirrel in Hancock County at a place called Jeffers Cliff at a very young age, I went into the woods before daylight and I didn't get found till about noon. Another time I got lost on my own farm in Logan County, I was looking for a survey pen. And it was a little late in the evening. I shouldn't have been out there that far, but I got lost. One thing I can tell you, being lost in the woods gives you a feeling of hopelessness and helplessness. Now, the third time I was lost, I remember well. A preacher from Yellow Creek Baptist Church came to our house when I was 12. I was listening in the other room. And I heard him say that if we attended three nights of a revival service, we would get a free ride on an airplane. Now, I had no interest until I heard about the airplane ride. And I remember running like the wind barefoot across the backyards to tell my friend, Ray Brown. And I've got to stop right here by saying, I have one guy that's probably the oldest friend I have in the whole world as far as how long I know him. It's my friend, Ray Brown, and he's here tonight. Thank you, Ray, for coming. Well, we went one night, and it was like no one else was in the auditorium but me and the preacher. He said I was lost, and I needed to trust Jesus to pay for my sins to avoid going to hell. God called me by his sovereign power that night 57 years ago. Unless you come to a place where you see yourself as lost and in need of a Savior, you are lost and headed to hell. It's like that song, Amazing Grace. I once was lost, but now I'm found. You see, there is no purgatory. There's no in-between. Only heaven and hell. In the year 1256, there was a philosopher, and his name was Dante. And he wrote about the terrors of hell. Hear me now. He said, as one passes by the gates of hell, the sign above the gate says, Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. As he hears the anguished screams of those in hell. During his journey through hell, he sees that sin must be punished. And that sin has prevented those entering to see what is real and what is false. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. And 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. 
And this is an application to believers. What does this say to Christians? Do we really believe that the vast majority of the human race is heading for hell? According to Matthew 7, 13, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who are going in. The key words here are the words being few refers to those who are being saved. And many refers to those who are going to destruction. Romans eleven fifteen tells us that just a remnant of all humanity will be saved. You know what a remnant is? It's just a small piece or a scrap. If we truly believe that only believers go to heaven and unbelievers go to hell, then what about our friends, our family, our co-workers who are unbelievers? Have we been earnest in our efforts to witness and bring the gospel to them? For me, it's like this. I'm writing a song about myself, but I'm not going to sing it tonight. Lord, I've got a lot of catching up to do. I could have done better. I could have done better. And this is why I'm here tonight, to try to bring the truth about the nature of man and about the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So many things are backward in today's world, which makes men think that things are false that are true. That is the nature of man. I have a few examples of the nature of man. We love ourselves and we like to talk about ourselves. Country music star Toby Keith wrote a song about his girlfriend. It says, I want to talk about me. I want to talk about I. I want to talk about number one on me, oh my. What I think, what I like, what I know, what I want, what I see. I like talking about you, you, you. But sometimes, occasionally, I'm going to talk about me. When somebody says, I just really don't like to talk about myself. But don't let them have a microphone because you'll be there all night. We all love to talk about ourselves. And I'm talking about myself. It's our nature. We love ourselves. The world teaches us that we need to love to learn. We need to learn to love ourselves before we can love others. Completely false. There's a song by Michael Jackson. It's called The Greatest Love of All. And in it he says... That learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. That's exactly backwards. Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. And he said it because he knew that we love ourselves by nature. 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 2 tells us that men shall be lovers of themselves. And but we know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves. Philippians 2 verse 3 tells us to esteem others better 
than ourselves. Truth is, we need to quit loving ourselves so much so we can learn to love God and others. Now, I'm not saying we should hate ourselves and that we shouldn't have any self-esteem. That would be wrong, too. What I am saying, we just need to love and esteem others better than ourselves. Men by nature think they are all going to live forever. Young people especially think they're invincible. Another difference between what is real and what is false. It's estimated that 110 billion people have lived upon this planet. But there are only about 10 billion alive today. What happened to the rest? They have all died. I only know one person who's 100 years old, and that's Betty Mae Kaysen. I've known Betty Mae for about 45 years. My mother invited her to Heritage Baptist Church around 1978, and she's been a member ever since. But she's rare. The world would lead you to believe that all you have to do to go to heaven is just die. Now, I I read the obituaries every day. A large majority of them say things like this. Well, he went to be with the Lord. He went home. She went to her reward in heaven where there is no mention in the obituary of any church affiliation and there was no or little evidence convict to convict them in a court of law of being a Christian. Now, am I saying you have to be a member of a church in order to be a Christian? No, I'm not. But the Bible does command us to be, to be in a local church so we can grow. Now, I know from real life experience, it's not just older people who die. I was sad last week to lose my friend David Royal. I was in Florida, and he died suddenly of a heart attack. I'm so sorry I didn't get to say goodbye. I love that guy. He was great. I'm going to mention a couple of my friends who died very young and very unexpectedly. First, one of my friends, my best friends, Orville Horn, died in the eighth grade at Davis County Middle School. He was laughing at a teacher's joke, and at the end of the joke, he wouldn't quit laughing. The teacher asked him two or three times to quit laughing, but he wouldn't. The teacher, Mr. Height, had to take him in the hall. He got another teacher to witness it. The first lick, Orville fell fell dead on the spot. It's hard to believe that's what happened. Everyone thought the teacher had beat Orville to death, but an autopsy revealed that he had viral pneumonia. He was only 13 years old. I laid awake at nights for many nights crying because I was sure I had the virus. And if I went to sleep, I wouldn't wake up. Another good friend, David Reed, who very few people remember, was the brother of Reed's Orchard, Billy Reed, and Charlotte Burton. 
He was only about 13 years old himself when he was using a device with an electric cord to shock fishing worms out of the ground. The ground was wet because it had rained. He was electrocuted and died instantly. That could have been me. I had done the same. It could have been Ray. We did that all the time, right? And we'd shock worms out of the ground. Mark, my brother David, we did it all the time. Thank God we didn't get killed, but we could have. Our church family has lost young people suddenly over the years that we will never forget. I will never forget the Woodward family walking across the stage at UK at my son Cliff's law school graduation ceremony to receive their son's diploma. Luke died unexpectedly of a brain aneurysm. He was probably about 21. It still brings tears to my eyes to this day. I think about all the young people and others who have not yet put their faith in Christ. That is why the church and your parents and your friends pray for you so much. Men by nature are convinced that they will live forever, that they will not have to stand before a holy God. But Hebrews 9 verse 27 said, It's appointed once for every man to die, then the judgment. When is that day going to come for you? I don't know. You don't know. Your parents don't know. Your friends don't know. Even your doctor doesn't know. Only God knows. You better be ready to meet him. You have no guarantee you will live another day. Embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ. When the trumpet of the archangel sounds and Jesus Christ returns in all his glory, it will be too late. Now to the heart of my message about our nature. We inherited a sinful nature from our father, Adam. First Corinthians 19, 15, 22 says, For as in Adam all died. Now this topic about our relationship with Adam is way above my pay grade. But Adam was our federal head. In the words of Matthew Poole, a trusted Bible commentator, he said, He, Adam, brought the entire human race into sin, misery, and death due to his disobedience. Romans 5, 12, 4 says, Therefore, just as through one man, Adam, sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all have sinned. In simple terms, if a country's leader gets them into a war, It's the people who could bear the consequences and blame. Now, many would say, well, it's not right for me to go to hell because of the sin of Adam. We, we, I'm sorry, 
we would go to hell just for what Adam did. But we won't. We will go to sin. We will go to hell because of our practice of sin. As we have broken most of, if not all, of God's laws ourselves. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Our practice. Remember I said earlier that we are separated by God, from God, by nature and practice. Here's the practice. Ephesians 2, verse 3. We are by nature the children of wrath. Psalm 58, 3. The wicked go forth from the womb, speaking lies. Now, who has ever sat down with their child and taught them how to lie? Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked. Jeremiah 13, 23. Can the Ethiopian change the color of his skin or the leopard his spots? Then you who are accustomed to doing evil can do good. You see, men by nature, they hate God. Romans 8, 7 says, The carnal man is at Enmity with God. That word enmity is one of the strongest words ever written in the Bible. It denotes hostility, deep-seated dislike, true hatred, and concealed hatred. I want to say something about this term, concealed hatred. Many times I've heard someone say, well, I don't think he's a Christian, but no, he's a good person. No, he's not. His hatred for God is deep in his heart. It's just concealed. That's the same with every man who's not a follower of the King of Kings. Romans 1, verse 30 says that men are haters of God. In John 15, 25, Jesus says, But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. They spit on Jesus. They struck him. They mocked him. They put a crown of thorns upon his head and crucified him. They hated him without a cause. This very minute, if you are not a Christian, you are doing the same thing. You're spitting on and mocking Jesus Christ. You are ignoring the creator of the world. Now be the large number of people are literally. You get a drink of water, please. I believe a large number of people are literally beating at the doors of hell 
pushing others out of the way, saying, let me in. Men are marching, as it were, over the very cliffs in a huge line, representing the majority are headed to destruction. It's like when Jesus was talked, when Jesus cast the demon out of the what's called a gathering demoniac. And the demon said unto him, Please don't cast this into the deep. And there was a herd of swine right but nearby. And they said, Please put us in, cast us into the sheep, into the goats, I'm sorry. No, it was pigs. <laughs> get that right, get the right animal. They said, Please cast us into the swine. And Jesus said, Go. And the demons went into the swine. And what did they do? They charged violently down a steep place. And that's what I think of men. The majority of men, they're pushing their way. They're trying to get into hell. I heard a preacher say one time, and I believe it might have been Pastor Joe Wilson, many men, if they could get to the very throne of God, would point a shotgun at God and say, we will not have you to rule over us. Get off my throne. You have my seat. I've seen it all through the many years. I've seen hatred for God expressed by men putting their middle finger into the sky. I've heard men use God's name with a D, with no regard to the commandment, Thou shalt not take the name of thy Lord, thy God, in vain. This is really, really sad but true. Luke 19.27 About all those God-haters and people that won't bow to his rule. Jesus said, And bring here these enemies of mine who did not want me to rule over them and slay them before me. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 37, Jesus said, How often I would have gathered them together and him gathers her chicks, but ye would not. On the side note, I was angry at myself recently. I don't ever go to a movie, hardly ever. I forgot the name of the movie, it doesn't matter. But I went to a movie and they said GD. I should have got up and left right there. And before the thing was over with, they said it again. And I didn't leave. I'll never do that again. Please don't use any form of God's name like Lordy. Oh my, OMG, oh my God. Or people say Jesus Christ. The very mention of any form of God's name is irreverent, uh, in an irreverent or flippant manner is breaking the commandment. Don't do it. And if someone else is doing it, try to be bold and speak up. There is no hope or help for the natural man, except through Jesus Christ. There's a beautiful song by Michael W. Smith called Waymaker. 
way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. Jesus says in John chapter 4, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Pastor Ted Crispin used an analogy that I will never forget. If you were drowning in the ocean and you saw a life draft, it would do you no good unless you swam to it and climbed up on it. That describes how a person gets saved by resting upon the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. But men by nature would rather just drown. You think that salvation is up to you? It's not. You think God cast a vote? Satan cast a vote? And you decide by casting the deciding vote. You know, it's actually kind of true. But without the help of God, you'll vote, okay? And you'll always vote no. My advice to one and all. While there's time, repent of your sins. Call upon the name of the Lord before it's too late. Bow down to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Call upon his name. Don't delay. King Jesus, he will change your nature from a God-hater to a God-lover. Let us pray. Lord, we need your help. The only way that anything could be done in our lives, Lord, is if you move, because you have to move first, Lord. Please have mercy on any tonight who are feeling their need for Jesus Christ. We pray it's in his precious name, the name that's above every name. Amen.